Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. Do you want to own or are you in the process of buying a property that could become a short-term rental? This episode is designed to teach you exactly what you need to do after you acquire the property to set it up for success on Airbnb or whatever platform you decide. And I'm going to walk you through which platforms you can choose, whether to self-manage or hire a property manager, the dream team that you need to assemble to pull everything together and have a smooth operation, and the systems, technology, and communication processes that will make your life easy and give you super happy guests that give you amazing reviews and come back over and over to your property. Can't wait to unpack this with you. Let's get into it. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast. I'm Tina Bellavo, and I'm here today to talk with you about a topic that just makes me happy, which is how to set up your short-term rental for success. Now, if you didn't listen to a prior episode, I think that it could maybe fill in some gaps. So I did a prior episode called How to Acquire Your First Short-Term Rental as a Realtor, and that was about how to select and acquire a property, decide on a market, figure out your financing, all that good stuff. So this episode assumes that you have acquired the property and you've basically are saying to me, okay, I bought the house, now what? <laughs> and the reason that I am qualified to talk to you about this is I also said this in the prior episode, but I am not a short-term rental guru by any stretch, but I did start my short-term rental portfolio about a year ago. I acquired a property in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, and it has been hugely successful. Besides a little bit of personal use, the house has been 100% occupied since we opened in June of 2022. And I think that is a testament to a couple things. Number one, it's a testament to what I talk about in the prior episode, which is buying right. And specifically, I bought a property in a part of Hilton Head that has really strong demand. It's not super fancy and it's also not low end. It's that very like reachable mid-grade that rents really well. 
there are a couple like high-end developments on Hilton Head and this is more like the second tier of the island. I think it's lovely. I've actually been staying in this development my whole life, but it's very reachable. It's very reasonable. So it's for me, I would just say it's recession proof for the most part, at least no vacation property is completely recession proof, but it's in that that within reach tier. Also, we bought in a really great location. We are not beachfront, but we are a very close walk to the beach. And our neighborhood is this hidden gem that once people discover it, they tend to come back and stay there year after year for forever, (laughs) at least in, in the case of me and a whole lot of people that I know who discover this little niche called Beach Walk, which is inside the shipyard plantation in Hilton Head. And if you ever want to check out my property, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I can get you our Airbnb link. But I say all of that to say that we bought in a, in a location that made a lot of sense. And Hilton Head is a thriving kind of year-round market somewhat since the pandemic. And there's other factors of why it's blowing up. So it's just an area that's really moving in the right direction from a real estate perspective. So that demand, if we didn't have that kind of demand, then we would be having other issues. So buying and making a choice to buy in an area like I just described is the first domino in having success. But let's assume you've done that. You've bought right. And that might be completely different depending on the market or your goals or how urban or country or whatever you've got going on. And of course, what your carrying costs are. But what I want to talk to you about today is how to set everything up from there to be really successful. So I will say this comes through the filter of what I have done. And I'm only one person, but I did decide to self-manage my property. So I was able to get my hands dirty and figure out a lot of the things that I'm going to share with you. One of the things that was such a boon to me when I decided to embark on this journey is that I found some really great experts who gave me some really good advice. For example, I have a couple women in my circle in the real estate space who have their own Airbnbs. They gave me a lot of tips and things to look out for. But another one of the smart things that I did, and I I, I think I met her through a Facebook group. I'm going to give Charlotte a big shout out. I need to tell her about this. But I joined a Facebook group called like female Airbnb investors or female short-term rental investors, something like that. And I just started reading and educating myself. And then I found Charlotte with Broad River Retreats, and she helped me set up all of my back-end systems. And I'm going to explain a lot more to you about that. But basically leveraging people who know better than me, paying them consulting fees and project fees and helping them set me up for success has born so much fruit. Like I even just see all of my little auto messages go out through Airbnb and I'm like, so grateful things are automated, so grateful that someone else wrote them for me and that I didn't have to figure out what to say as a first timer. So I will say if you want a hack, one of the hacks would be to talk to Charlotte from Broad River Retreats if you're going to self-manage but want someone to set up all the infrastructure so you don't have to figure that out. In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. 
I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need. See you in the academy. So I'm going to walk you through the key things to get up and running, starting with your platform and booking plan and whether you're going to self-manage or not. Those things are really tied together. From there, we're going to talk about your team, the key people that you need to have in place to manage everything day to day, whether that's on the ground level or remotely. Then we're going to talk about systems and technology, the key things that I've learned to have in place that make things just as smooth as I was describing. And then we're going to talk about readying your house physically and what it takes to have it be short-term rental ready, which is just a little bit, a lot bit different from a long-term rental or even the house that you live in. And then I'll just cap it off with some major mistakes you should avoid and wrap this up. Coming back to the beginning, you want to start off by figuring out if you're self-managing or not and where you are going to list your property for rent because that's then going to dictate everything that you set up from there. I do mention a little bit about this in the prior episode, but there are a lot of options for management. There's full self-management where you do everything yourself as far as just setting things up, responding to people, troubleshooting, maintenance and repair issues when they come up, etc. Then there is this industry in the short-term rental world called co-hosting, which is basically having someone co-host or co-manage the property with you. And the beauty and the downfall of the term co-hosting is it can mean something very different depending on the co-host. For example, there are co-hosts who maybe either have like less experience or provide much more of a limited list of services. And ideally, the fee that they charge would be commensurate with that. Not a bad thing. In fact, that could be a great way to have a co-host, but not be maybe putting out as much of every dollar towards a host who's more comprehensive. I would say on the other end of the spectrum, there are co-hosts who aren't really a co-host. They're more of like a concierge manager where they do everything to manage your property and you don't see or hear about anything and just get deposits in your bank account. So there's a spectrum. And I think that's going to deciding where you want to fall on that spectrum is going to come down to what your budget allows, what your sensibilities are, what your preferences are, how much time you have to set up and run this business. There's no wrong way to do it. I want to empower you, though, to know that there are options and to start to think about what would be best for you. And to interview co-hosts and make sure that you hire a great one because that is really the make or break. And then if you're going to be the host, then you want to be as educated and set up for success as possible, which is what I decided to do, mostly because there wasn't room in our budget to, to have someone manage for me. And quite frankly, I like to get my hands dirty and learn as long as it's something I'm really interested in. So I found it fascinating to learn the ins and outs of this and to understand what makes my Airbnb tick so well. And I'm grateful for that because I do think I will eventually bring in some level of co-host to insulate myself from like 
the day-to-day of the messages in the app and things like that. But now I know what to look for. I know what my expectations are, and I know what kind of communication is required to have really happy guests. It's definitely been a little bit of a time and energy drain at times, especially when we've had property problems or really jerky tenants. And luckily, we've only had a couple. (laughs) I don't even want to call anyone out, but we had someone this winter that just blew my mind. They were like super high maintenance, sent us some crazy requests. My husband and I were like so agitated (laughs) like several different times. And then it capped off with them downloading some very interesting content on our Amazon Prime app. (laughs) And that sort of culminated in us like putting our foot down. And oh, I'm sure you can just imagine what I'm trying to tell you. So we've had some fun experiences. But overall, Hilton Head and the kind of the kind of house we have in the market that we're in kind of attracts like families and sort of it's very like wholesome. We haven't had the issues I've heard about other people where like people have parties or like bachelorettes with 85 women in the house and the house is getting trashed. I know families can beat up a house, but I will just say that being in a market where it's not like really party heavy has been nice because we just don't have as many like problem tenants, if that makes sense. So lots of things for you to think about, but ultimately you need to figure out if you're self-managing or not. And then you want to figure out what platform you're going to be on. And if someone's managing for you, they should have a game plan for almost everything else I'm going to tell you today. But it's good for you to know these things so you can ask about them, understand their strategy, make sure that it makes sense to you, ask the appropriate questions. So you want to decide what platform you want to be on. Airbnb is the biggest. Verbo is huge. There are other online travel agencies or OTAs, as they say in the biz. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about using Booking.com for their short-term rentals. There are a lot of different ways to go about it. You can also just do self-booking and promote your property yourself through like a website or your personal network or curating an Instagram. You can do a combination of a lot of things. Like there's tech you can get that can list you on multiple platforms and be a centralized place. I tapped into this woman, Charlotte, that I already mentioned really early on in my process. She gave me really great counsel, which was to start with Airbnb, see how it goes, and then maybe add Verbo. And it's funny because Hilton had used to be a really heavy Verbo market. But what ultimately happened is we have booked so easily and effortlessly on Airbnb. I added Verbo and it didn't, we've only had a few bookings. Like I think we've had three full weeks booked in an entire 12 month period through Verbo. And it wasn't even worth keeping our listing active because it was annoying to be in two different platforms for such like a low return on the results. So there are pros and cons to being all in on one platform. If I have some weird issue with Airbnb, they could just remove my listing and I'm like out of business. (laughs) So risk versus reward, like ease versus reward. I think I've read enough about the kind of the gotchas with Airbnb that I'm careful to not make some of the mistakes that cause people to get kicked off the platform. And my husband and I are really conscious of maintaining five-star reviews and super host status, which I'll talk more about in a minute. But one of the tried and true things I've heard from the experts is ideally, as you book people on these platforms, you should ideally build like an email list and a registry of all your past guests so you can start to self-book in the future and not even be relying on the platforms, which saves you in platform fees. And it also just, it's very similar advice that I would give you to building, say if you used Instagram to grow your real estate business and had no email addresses or no way to reach out to people. What if your Instagram got hacked or shut down out of nowhere? And we all know that happens to people all the time. 
like the real ninja level with any business is to own the data and to be able to reach out to people through your own your own systems and have a direct line to them. So a best practice is definitely to build your book of past guests and then maybe not be so reliant on the platforms. But I will say, I was just saying this to my parents the other day, kind of love being on the Airbnb platform because it's so impersonal. I'm not like, I have rented to my friends, but I'm not like trying to hustle and rent my vacation house to people that I know. There is that insulation of like, I don't know our guests. I'm not like feeling really wound up about what they think about my house or little things like that. So like, I like that it's got a layer of impersonalness. That's not the right word, but it it works really well for us. And it is on my midterm list to start to build our email list. But in the beginning, I've just been focusing on getting this thing up and running and covering my costs and improving my systems as I go. So you want to figure out your platform. I love Airbnb and it has been nice to just be in one platform, let all my systems and messages run through there and not need to do any tech setup that is more complicated than that. So once you know who your platform is going to be and whether you have a manager, one of the other key things I would do right away is to get your team in place. And there are three aspects to your team, your cleaner, your inspector, and your like repair team. (laughs) So your cleaner is your cleaner. (laughs) They need to clean the house. So that's the straightforwardness. With long-term rentals, you don't provide cleaning. Short-term rentals, you do. This is a hospitality business. People expect a very clean property. It is totally customary in Airbnb and in the short-term rental business to have an add-on cleaning fee. So you don't, some people build that into their rates, but we just have it on top. It has never stopped us from renting. We actually charge a little more than our actual cleaning fee because platform fees and taxes get taken out of it. And it also helps us cover some of our inventory for things like toilet paper and all of the consumables in the property. So we had, this was the worst part. I've actually forgotten how bad it was. The first cleaning company that we worked with was not the ideal partner. We had issues with cleaning quality, communication, lateness. It was occasional enough that we kept putting up with it. It's very hard to get good cleaners on Hilton Head. It's just, it's hard to get good people right now in the labor market that we're in. So we kept trying to find a new cleaner. And finally, I got a great referral from someone changed to a different cleaning company January of this year. And it is such a game changer. Just my stress level with me and my husband, like we were getting messages from our tenants. The house looks great, but there's no toilet paper in this one bathroom or this. there's no sponge at the sink. And just like things that are like in our inventory list that they know should have been there would randomly be missing. We had a few issues where like things just weren't that clean. People expect cleanliness, period. And they expect the things to be there that you promise in your listing. So I cannot emphasize enough, if your cleaner is a weak link, you will go nuts. So you want to get referrals, interview people, and really be on the same page about not just cleaning expectations, but also your consumables. Because you don't have to, but most Airbnbs provide, obviously, like towels, sheets, things like that, but also like toilet paper, dish soap, coffee, K-cups. There's a lot of nuance to what you do and don't offer. But ideally, you would have a cleaner who can at least restock the items from a closet, maybe even help manage your inventory to some degree. My first cleaning company actually provided everything, even the sheets and the towels, which I felt like was so helpful. My new cleaner doesn't do any of that, and I was very overwhelmed. But Charlotte helped me again just make a list of everything I needed. 
She told me good brands to buy of like sheets and towels that hold up really well. So I just had to make a minor investment in buying all of that stuff and figuring out where to store and lock it up in our property. And it has been no sweat. And we buy so much at once that we only need to restock like every four to six months. So that is something to think about as the intersection of your cleaning and your inventory plan. The second who that you need that's really important is probably, you probably need, is an inspector. So this is like a short-term rental best practice to have an inspector come in between your cleaners to make sure that the cleaners cleaned and to make sure that there is no damage from the people who checked out or theft of key items. So we ironically had an inspector with our first cleaning company, but they weren't a good inspector. (laughs) Our current cleaner is so awesome. And she sends us a picture of every room And so we haven't felt the need to coordinate and pay for an additional inspector. That may bite me someday, but that is definitely like a best practice in most people's eyes to have either an inspector or the kind of wonderful cleaner I have who's just looking out for us and has the eye for detail and would notice if something major had gone missing and would notify us in a timely manner. Because you do need to make claims to your platform if you're going to make like a damage claim or need to charge someone for whatever, something they took or pet damage or something that wasn't part of the equation in the beginning. So you want your cleaner for sure. You probably want an inspector. And then the third thing is you've got to have your repair team in place. So a handyman or woman who can be your person on the spot to deal with whatever, that has been the most critical thing because a lot of what comes up with properties can just be really random. It's unskilled or not unskilled, but it's not necessarily like a plumber. Like it's someone who doesn't know how to reset a breaker or just a minor repair. So that is a critical one. You definitely want to have a heating and air conditioning team to provide maintenance. And if you're in a hot market like we are, you need a great company that can provide good emergency service so you don't have tenants that are roasting in 100 degree summer weather, that kind of thing. And then I think having a good plumber and electrician, that would those would all be at the top of my list. And then hopefully your handyman is a person of all trades. We also have had a couple appliance things, something with our ice maker, something with the washer. So my handyman actually was able to help with a lot of that. And then I've also added an appliance company to my roster. I will say I've had and I've dug into my resources to make this happen. Google reviews are pretty helpful. So if you're just in a pinch, you can hopefully find someone on Google Also, joining any Facebook groups for your neighborhood development or town if you're running a property in an area where you don't actually live, that is where I get some of my best people. I'm in a Facebook group now with my neighbors and everyone helps each other out. It's huge. And I've made a point to just try and befriend people and be helpful back so that when I need something, there is some rapport there. So that's your team, cleaner, inspector, and your repair people. Once you've got and you, you know, you kind of want to have that stuff up front while you're getting your property ready and definitely getting your cleaning plan and your inventory plan in place. Then from there is the systems and the technology to really set your listing up. So we're just going to use Airbnb as the example because that is what I have the expertise in, although I did set up Verbo as well. You want to input your listings on the appropriate platform from like inputting data correctly and writing a really great description and all of that, you definitely want to apply your realtor skills, right? Although you don't want to go so overkill. Some realtors with their like listing descriptions, it's like way too many words. So you definitely want to be a good copywriter and say the compelling things first and think from the perspective of someone who's coming to stay for like a vacation or maybe a different kind of property where people are there for business a lot, but really covering the key things they need to know quickly, but in compelling language. 
But the real automation that I want to talk to you about is getting templates set up for key messages. So again, I'm going to put Charlotte's info in the show notes from Broad River Retreats, but she set me up with a couple message templates that set the tone and also give people all the key information. And I never have to send anything manually. So when they book, they get an auto confirmation telling them a whole bunch of advanced info and then also clarifying when they're going to get door codes and what time check-in is. The day of check-in, a message goes out very early that morning with the info they need to actually get in. The day before they check out, there's a checkout message letting them know what they need to know. And then the day after checkout, they get a message reminding them to give us a five-star review. I'm going to talk more about the reviews in a second, but those templates sound basic, but they are lifesavers. And I am grateful every day I'm never manually sending people anything because I've just got it set up in the platform so well. Another tech piece that you might want to think about is a software plugin called Price Labs. This is actually, I think we didn't do Price Labs immediately, but we got it in place pretty quickly. Price Labs basically aggregates data from Airbnb and maybe some other sources, and it will help you price your property day by day. So it can basically analyze data to figure out seasonal fluctuations when there's a special event in town, and it prices the property differently every single night. You can customize all kinds of thresholds and customizations for Like we only do Saturday to Saturday rentals for our property in the summer. I don't want to mess with check-ins any more often than every seven days. So I've got all kinds of settings like that put in there. If I ever want to put dates on sale above and beyond my automations, I have that. A lot of people claim Price Labs has helped them make a lot more money. I don't have a before and after. We've been using it mostly this whole time. But I have a lot of peace of mind that we are charging appropriately. And the occupancy numbers really show that out. So Price Labs is a great thing to figure out. It's a little bit of a headache. So having someone who has been there, done that, set it up for you would be a great tip in my opinion. (laughs) And the other thing that Charlotte had me do, which has been one of my best things, is creating a digital guest book. And I actually send that out as a link for people to review when they book. So they get all this upfront info. And then I send it again upon in case they didn't read it or need to read it again. And it covers all of the customer service type things that make people happy and also prevent inbound questions. So frequently asked questions about the house and the area, tech tips so they don't get frustrated trying to figure out how to access the streaming on the one TV, (laughs) instructions on where to find things, what day the trash gets picked up, how to access the Wi-Fi. But my favorite thing about our guest book is that we really curate people's visits So for our property, it's obviously a vacation home. So we tell them the best place to rent a bike so they don't have to get on Google and figure out which bike vendor to use. We tell And we tell them why they'll regret not getting a bike in advance, especially because you often can't get bikes last minute. Same thing, how to rent a beach umbrella in advance so they don't walk up to the beach on the first day and find out that they're sold out. Our favorite restaurants and why, our favorite kids' activities, the best golf courses, And we get rave reviews for a bunch of reasons. We actually just got the sweetest review from someone who checked out this weekend. She wrote, this is not the whole review, but um, their home is beautiful and was perfect for my family, blah, blah, blah. More importantly, (laughs) Tina was wonderful, super responsive, and helpful with any questions we had and offered great recommendations of local restaurants and things to do, which I highly recommend you take her up on that like we did. Our stay was so great that we're looking into permanently changing our normal accommodations to stay in this lovely home when we visit once a year. A hundred out of 10 would recommend. 
So obviously that's a beautiful review. But what is so amazing about this is we did give her an early check-in. She had had something like whatever house she had rented had canceled on her. So we let her check in at 10 a.m. instead of 4 p.m. And we were already off to a great start. But she cites me as being wonderful and responsible and answering all these questions. Everything she's referring to is in the guidebook. All I did was respond to her quickly about her early check-in and everything else was my systems that did the heavy lifting. And it also just made me so happy to get a review like that and save the day with someone's vacation. But that's really a testament to our guest book and our automations more than anything else. So just wanted to share that. And then I think the other thing that's really important to touch on before I run out of time here is getting five-star reviews is key on Airbnb. People are looking for the high fours or five stars. And then as you get lots of five-star reviews and have enough people checking in every quarter, you can earn super host status. And that re-ups every quarter. So we've gotten super hosts, I guess, three quarters in a row now because we're coming up on our first year there. Just a couple tips to get five-star reviews. We set the tone. It's mentioned in all of our message templates that they matter to us and we're really looking for them. It's mentioned in our guidebook. And I read a great book on Airbnbs before we set ours up. And it recommended making your Wi-Fi password something referencing five-star reviews. So our Wi-Fi password is a version of five-star review, please. (laughs) So I just, I'm like not afraid to ask for what I want and program people in these subtle or not so subtle ways. The other thing is your house has to be clean, sparkling clean. Your cleaner is crucial. Otherwise, people are just not going to be happy, which is super understandable. And then rapid response time is so helpful. Not that you should ever be up in the middle of the night responding to Airbnb messages. But if you just respond quickly, over-communicate, solve little problems actively, your guests will appreciate it so much. Our communication is mentioned in every review. And it's just what I learned by being a realtor. Be quick, be friendly, be purposeful, let them know you care, let them know you're on it. And that is all people want from you, unless they're psycho. But luckily, that's not the majority. So those have been my secrets to getting five-star reviews. And then the house just does need to be like the same as advertised when they show up. My colleague Diana said the funniest thing the other day about a house having like catfish photos. So if they get there and the house looks nothing like the pictures, they're also going to be upset. So you want it to be clean, no catfishing, and just make it easy for them to be there. And they don't need to Google which restaurant to go to because maybe you've put that in your guest book and tips like that. And then you can just keep your super host status rolling, which just makes you all the more bookable and credible in the eyes of people that are online and figuring out what they want to do. So that is my summary on your systems and your tech and also just like a communication strategy that will help you win. And then the last thing, which is certainly not the least, is you want to ready the house to be Airbnb ready. So like I mentioned already, you want to have those creature comforts. You want to have not the rough towels that you shudder when they touch your body. Same thing for the sheets. So good quality. I don't have anything luxury in my house, but I definitely don't. There's no one-ply toilet paper hanging around in my Airbnb. Everything is good, like, day-to-day quality. So you want to have all of that in place and have a plan to have plenty of toilet paper and paper towels. And just, I, I think, like, just people notice when things feel skimpy. So if you can just be a little overly generous. It will come back to you in good karma and good reviews and repeat guests for sure. And then you want to just set the house up to look good. So this is like real estate 101. Leverage your knowledge as an agent to do this very well. Decorate knowing that photos are what sell your guests on coming. I've seen a lot of people do really smart things with like power accent walls and cool wallpaper, things that are eye-catching and look really good online. 
Another thing I've noticed is that like modern eye-catching light fixtures can really level up a basic room. Our dining room in our Hilton Head house is a good example. It has the ugliest like country table that doesn't match the aesthetic of the house at all. But I installed like a really cool modern West Elm looking globe light. And it is set against some nice picture windows. And when you look at the picture, it looks like this gorgeous dining room. And you don't even notice that like my furniture is like a six out of 10 at best. So just like little things, my $100 light fixture went a long way. So you want to think about furnishing and staging for photos and then also styling for photos and making things cute and homey. Like when our photographer came, we made sure to have like blankets splayed across the sofas in certain ways. We set the table a little bit on the outdoor dining table with the umbrella open. Stuff that if you've been selling real estate a while and handling listings, like you should know. But if you're not on site, you either need your photographer to do that or have a stager or styler there. That really helps. Like our photos are awesome. I got a referral to make sure I hired a luxury photographer, someone who generally takes home pictures of really nice homes and talk to him in advance. Hey, can you zoom in on these details? I had him take specialty photos. Like I made a choice to make our house really kid friendly. So we've got like a high chair and a beach chair and kids dishes and toys and books. And I made like a whole little vignette and had him like photograph all of the kids stuff. And those are things that families love staying at our house because we give them so many extra resources that they don't have to pack or worry about. So you want your house to be lovely, styled, really well photographed. That's one of the biggest issues people have is they don't invest in getting the house ready and having good photographs. And then it doesn't rent as well because everyone is shopping off of the pictures online. And competition is heavy. Airbnb has definitely become like a saturated platform with lots of properties almost everywhere. So you have to stand out with good copywriting, great photos, and then you know everything else that you do on the back end to have your guests be really happy. So that would be my rapid fire. I bought a house. Now what? (laughs) So to recap, you want to decide, are you self-managing or not? Then if you're going to self-manage, what platform or platforms are you going to be on? And are you going to leverage someone to set up a lot of your back end, which I highly recommend? You need to interview and get your team in place, get referrals to have a really good cleaner, inspector, and repair team. And then you want to have your templates set up and do all those things to provide really good customer service, make sure the house is ready to rock, get photos of it, and then you go live and you start bringing in bookings. And it is, I have to tell you, there's certain notifications I love in my phone. Number one, I love a DocuSign. I love seeing contracts go through my phone. And number two, I love getting the Airbnb pop-up booking notification. Makes me smile every day. (laughs) So I hope that this inspires you and empowers you and you are on your way to building your wealth if you get going on this journey. You can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. You can do this imperfectly. You can make mistakes. You can learn and improve and iterate and improve your systems. And it is so worth it. And I will just cap off by saying that if you do want to do any sort of investing or have clients you want to refer to buy or sell anywhere in Maryland, please think of me and the Bellavo Group. We are here for you. We have a lot of short-term rental expertise, as well as long-term rental flips, and of course, traditional buying or selling. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with me and chatting with me, and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. 
You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.